Thanks for listening to Shift Your Spirits. I'm Slade Robertson. For 12 years, I've been a professional intuitive and personal development blogger. I try to talk about spirituality with fewer hearts and flowers than most New Age blather. I also mentor emerging intuitives, psychics, and healers in a program called Automatic Intuition. It is Sunday, September 9th, 2018, as I record this introduction. This is the first episode of the fall 2018 season. I'm just back from my hiatus week with a little diatribe about destiny and predestination, which, for the record, I recorded before I talked to one of my colleagues about soul contracts. We're arranging an interview about her work with soul contracts, which is much more nuanced and interesting than the kind I portray in my little rant. So if this topic is of interest to you, we'll go in depth in a positive, constructive way on a future show, hopefully this season, very soon. As always, there's an oracle segment at the end of this show, so be thinking about a question or a concern you have. Hold it in your mind, and I'll come back on after the final links and credits and leave you with that extra channeled message. In personal news, Prolific AF is a hard episode to follow. It was honestly one of my favorite personal episodes, if I'm allowed to say so, meaning my solo shows, not my interviews. That was a bit of a mic drop, and it's going to take me a while to ratchet back up to that level. I talked about on that very show how important it is to give up trying to produce perfection and allow yourself to just produce and get it out there. I shoot for creating a C plus B minus each week. And I honestly gave myself an A minus for that episode. And now I'm having to walk my own talk and not creep back into paralyzing expectations. How do you do that? Well, here I am. This is how you do it. Uh, The episode Prolific AF set an all-time record for most downloads in the first week. Also, the overall podcast listener audience doubled in the month of August 2018. So... I don't know if it's you guys. Uh, Keep sharing the show with your friends if you've been doing so. Um, Reviews. I haven't asked for reviews on iTunes and Stitcher in a long time, but I went and read some of the ones you guys had left me on iTunes. They're humbling, amazing, really can't believe it, can't ask for better reviews. So thank you. Reviews are actually one of the most powerful ways that you can support the show. Uh, It helps uh, with search rankings and iTunes when people go and search for particular keywords. And I am hearing from some new audience members that that is how they are finding the show. Uh, So I know that the reviews impacts that. I want to say thank you to everyone who went to the trouble to go and uh, place a review. It's not the easiest, most clickable thing in the world. You kind of have to go search it down. Um, But if you are inclined to go and leave me a review on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. I would really appreciate it. That's really all kind of work news. So in actual personal news, uh, my friend Seth, who I talk about on the show a lot, went on vacation with me over the hiatus. Um, We went on a little camping vacation, first time in 17 years. Um, About 20 years ago, when I first started the camping thing, uh, he and I were doing that together. And um, we've been on many camping trips together, all very, very rustic 
uh, and this was uh, quite an upgrade with air conditioner um, cabins with refrigerators in their own bathrooms and all that good stuff. He went a little bit more all out than I did, but I benefited from getting to use his balcony and his bathroom from time to time. Um, so that was a big thing. That was uh, big news. And um, another thing that made the trip really meaningful for me is I have another really close friend up there named Keith Bailey, who always comes and hangs out with me. Uh, whenever I go to that particular campground. And uh, he is one of those people that, um, you know how you have those friends that you're, they're both kind of the same kind of friend, but they might never have really interacted or known each other. It was an opportunity for me to introduce two people who occupy very similar types of friendships for me. And it was uh, really interesting to finally get to meet them and see their um, interaction and you know it's one of those things where you talk about people to to each other a lot so if nothing else it was just nice to have them both get to say hello um, in the flesh and and know who it is that I'm talking about when I talk about my other my other magical friend Um, Seth and I saw portals in the sky twice so I don't know if I've really talked about it on the podcast very much, but I have a thing with weather magic. Um, It is a kind of magic that I practice. uh, And my first novel is actually all about weather magic. It's called Cloud Busting, like the Kate Bush song by Eric Slade. So go and check that out if you're interested in reading some of my fiction. Um, Seth is a magical being. Keith is a self-described wizard, and I'm a magician. So um, it was a really cool opportunity to not only work weather magic, because whenever you go camping, you need some weather magic, trust me. Um, Not only to uh, work that magic with Keith or with Seth, um, but to have both of them participating was was kind of interesting um i looked forward to that and i was not disappointed it was almost like they acted as, as kind of batteries or extra energy sources for my spells and i was kind of triangulating their magic um which, if you've ever watched Charmed, you know the power of three is <laughs> very powerful um I've worked with both Seth and Keith in tandem before, but never like both of them like that. It was interesting. The results were kind of amazing. And honestly, that was the best weather that I have arranged for a camping trip in a really long time. So the thing that's important to realize is that with weather magic, it's essentially water element um, and air element that you're dealing with, but water element primarily. Um, And the thing about the water is you can't negate, create, or destroy water. Like we have the same amount of water in the Earth's sphere at all times. It's just in different places. Sometimes it's in the atmosphere, sometimes it's underground or in the oceans or in our bodies. But there is, you know, in totality, one kind of amount of water in the world. So no matter what, it's everywhere. And the key is to move it around strategically. And this is a very messy 
kind of magic. It's not precise at all. It's as befits its element. It's a little bit more like watercolor painting than drafting with a fine point pen. Um, with outdoor activities in the summer in the south of the United States, you're going to get little thunderstorms pretty much on a daily basis. So the key is to have them happen at the most opportune times. Like, for instance, if you know it's going to thunderstorm at some point in the afternoon, my feeling is let it happen at the end of the day after everyone's been outside, been at the pool all day. Have it happen at four in the afternoon. Everybody can go back to their cabins and their tents and take naps or have it happen during dinner time or in the hours of following dinner time or have it happen uh, late at night um, when everybody's tarps are in place and all the activities are done for the day and, and we're just all sleeping. So there is a way that you can allow the the natural forces to take place and just focus a little bit more on uh, scheduling them as opposed to trying to outright control them or stop something that can't be stopped. So that's kind of my philosophy about um, what to do if you you know have a big picnic or a barbecue planned or some kind of outdoor event like a wedding or something like that. Keep that in mind. Just move it to a different time when, when it's okay and it won't ruin things. Um, I also vented a bunch of rain energy as Seth and I were driving that last maybe 45 miles or so. And I have to say that the cloud formations were insane. Um, I saw some cloud formations that I've never seen before, including right above the highway in the direction we were driving, we saw a rectangular hole in the clouds with 90 degree ang angles, four 90 degree angles. It was kind of shaped like a rear view mirror, but honestly, the corners were not even that rounded. Um, I've never seen rectangles in the sky like that. Uh, the next night from the balcony at Seth's cabin, we saw another rectangular-ish cloud in the sunset. And it was a little messy on one corner. It wasn't as perfect as the other one. And it was oriented more like a door, like vertically. But there were definitely at least three good right angles up there. Right angles in the clouds. I've never, ever seen that. So I don't know if I'm responsible for that or not. But I think I might have contributed to it. Uh, the three of us did. I also have to teach total strangers how to contribute to the manifesting of weather because muggles at campgrounds can be a real magical hazard. You have to diligently squash all their little pockets of pessimism. Um, the first thing that you'll hear when you encounter a stranger is like, well, it's going to rain, you know, and they always have something negative and like doomsday to say about every cloud that they see in the sky because they're afraid of it happening, right? They don't get the whole idea of allowing it to happen and, and having it happen at an opportune time. So I've become really adept at tricking people into reframing their negative thoughts and speech. And I sort of disguise the whole thing as like a friendly conversation with a neighbor instead of some law of attraction lesson. I just kind of slip it in there and I just kind of make light of it. Like, you know what? This is what you ha this is how you have to think about it. 
and I'll say something and I, I can see it kind of click, you know, in their mind. They're like, yeah, okay. Like if nothing else, they get the idea of being positive about it and also not um, projecting negative stuff on other people. So I kind of slip a little bit of that emotion in as a way of um, uh, blocking them from going around and poisoning everybody with their pessimism. But once I turn them, uh, I feel like then I kind of have their energy contributing to my spells. So all they need to do is put their raw optimism out there and I will do a little directing and orchestrating. So I'm not bullshitting you guys about this. Like this is something that I do a lot. Um, in the old timey days, if I had been here, you know, like in the 19th century or something, I probably could have made my living doing water witching, dousing for wells, making it rain, all that kind of stuff. Like that would have been my jam. Um, I have completely unspiritual, earthy, logical, nerdy friends in my life who have experienced the evidence of my weather magic, either on a hiking trip or birthday party or pool party, cookouts, those kinds of things. I've um, gone a little bit more in-depth with them um, than I would with, say, just a muggle stranger at the campground. And uh, I've noticed that they have really started to take on and at least with a sense of joy and maybe a little bit of a wink, speak openly about my um, weather magic abilities. That's true. Uh, Seth, by the way, is a music tagger. Like he is a big music organizer and list maker and used to be a big CD burner. And I'm pretty sure he has a Spotify playlist with all the best weather tracks on it. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a rain playlist at least. So I'll see if I can get a link on that. If I get a cool uh, rain slash weather magic playlist on Spotify from Seth, I'll put it in the show notes for you. Back to a little work news for just a second. Um, our Facebook community has launched. It is officially open. We'd love to have you there. I'll put a link in the show notes going forward. Um, for all of these episodes, there will be a link probably after the Patreon link to, to join the Facebook group with one click. Um, I'll put it on the podcast page on my website as well if you go looking for it there. But if you're on Facebook and you just want to look for it really quick, just search Shift Your Spirits Community. Um, stick the community on the end there. Shift Your Spirits is my business page, but Shift Your Spirits community is the closed group on Facebook. So search for that and click join, and we'd love to see you there. Before I forget, I do want to say a quick thank you to my newest supporters on Patreon, Dina and Rachel Villari. I appreciate all of you who pledge your support. It demonstrates that you're enjoying the show, you want this to continue, and that's very encouraging to me, so thank you. Listeners who support the show on Patreon can access a guided meditation called Messages from Your Spirit Guides, exclusive bonus episodes, and there's also a mastery level of support where you can download one of my courses for free each month. To find out how you can become a patron, support my time in producing this show, and access all the extra bonus content, please go to patreon.com slash shiftyourspirits. Before I get going on this diatribe, a little bit of a disclaimer. 
Automatic intuition is not a cult where everyone subscribes to my beliefs or assimilates to a shared philosophy. Most people who teach psychic development are going to teach you how to do what they do. And in some cases, their businesses are organized in such a way that they teach you how to do what they do. And you actually go out and represent them and their modalities and their card decks and their platforms and their concepts and help to disseminate and spread their messages through the world as maybe opposed to your own. Now, for a lot of people, this is a great way to start. Um, often the people who have the strongest messages to give, uh, who begin to channel their own unique wisdom, will probably branch off from that. But I've seen a lot of people um, launch from that point, so there's nothing wrong with it. And if your work and your message and your beliefs are in alignment with someone else, a guru or a teacher or an author that you really admire, then by all means, uh, there's nothing wrong with you helping them put their work out into the world. But I want to be clear that the intention in the automatic intuition professional intuitive mentoring program is to support you in discovering what your version of all this is what your version of what I do looks like and how it looks different. It's about discovering your practice, who your clients are, and bringing through your wisdom and the unique information that you have to retrieve from the collective and bring that here into the world. And some of those stories and ideas and philosophies and concepts are going to be different from mine, and I think that's awesome. So I look around the automatic intuition community and I see a lot of different people. We all overlap and we intersect in a lot of different ways and we're all friends and we all support one another, but we also do um, vastly unique things with different kinds of tools and modalities and there are a lot of people that I work with that have skill sets that I don't have, mediumship being one of them. I support lots of mediums, but I'm not a medium. Uh, a lot of people have Reiki and other energy healing modalities. That's not really something that I do, but I'm very excited to work with people who do. So I just want to put it out there that when I go off on something about this is what I believe, it's just what I believe, right? Um, and it's not meant to shut up anyone else or to say that if there's someone who's a part of my community that is putting out a different message from me, I don't have a problem with that. I'm not a guru and I'm not a king and I'm not you know, in charge of anything. I'm just hosting this um, collective of all of us, right? Uh, so bring your diversity, bring your different opinions Um it's fine. I'm never going to disrespect that, even if I just have a different take on stuff. So if you say to me, like, I am feeling like I'm bringing through information about soul contracts and cool stuff about uh, destiny and predestined life lessons and all that kind of thing, I, I would say, cool. That's not really my wheelhouse, but it could be your wheelhouse. Um, let me support you in accessing that wisdom and that unique set of information because even if I'm not a source for it and even if I'm not an audience for it, 
I know there's an audience for whatever you believe, even if it's not what I believe. Um, Each and every one of us represents, you know, thousands of other people who are similar. Uh, So it kind of takes all of us to fill in all the bits and pieces. And I don't think that anybody's really made stronger by trying to do a little bit of everything. I think we all have to focus in particular areas. And that could be why I focus on and harp on and repeat the kinds of messages that I do. Um, while at sometimes at the exclusion of ideas and concepts that are very popular, even among my own audience and my own clients. So all that is to say, um, I might piss some people off with this segment, and I might disappoint a bunch of others. You don't have to believe what I believe. I celebrate the mystery. Not knowing is normal to me. I'm cool with that. I think anytime anybody tells you they know something is true on the other side, in another dimension, about the universe at large that can't be tested or corroborated, my alarms kind of go off a little bit. That's fundamentalism to me. Um, If it's a theory, if it's a cool myth, if it's an archetypal fable, or if it's channeled wisdom, then it's all those things. But it's not necessarily fact. It's the kind of belief that requires faith, and you're entitled to your faith, and I'm entitled to my alternatives, um, which are not alternative facts. (laughs) They're alternative faiths. But most of you are here listening because you want to talk about personal development and spirituality without all the blind faith or the, oh, it's channeled, therefore it's true. Um, Just because something's channeled doesn't make it a fact. That's a big leap. Um, even coming from me, you should take stuff with more of a grain of salt than that. I have a very magical worldview. In some areas, I'm a total space cadet. And you might be inclined to think, I'm not buying that. Where in others, even in more established subjects, I'm like, no, that's a fairy tale. That doesn't work for me. It doesn't work in the real world. I know I'm putting out mixed messages. I know I'm full of contradictions. The jury is out on a lot of my beliefs, but we are deliberating and accepting whatever redacted documents you want to share. I'm making these disclaimers about myself and automatic intuition and my beliefs and beliefs in general and your beliefs because I want you to know that my own students disagree with me and my opinions do not necessarily represent theirs okay Uh, i admittedly have a little bit of a bully pulpit here right but i am encouraging all my mentoring clients to create their own platforms we celebrate diversity of thought and people having their own clients their own audience that resonates with their particular perspective just like you resonate with you know most of mine So we had a discussion or a question that came up in the automatic intuition group. How do you know which things in your life happened because they were predetermined, contracted, soul contract lessons versus things you're experiencing because of decisions you made that aren't in alignment with your soul path and purpose? So this is to break that down, a question between predetermined shit and shit you bring on yourself, right? Um, 
a lot of people chimed in um, before I got to the conversation and were talking about soul contracts. And I came along um, and saw, oh, you know, this is kind of gone down a rabbit hole of, of soul tra- uh, contracts in, in a lot of the comments. And, you know, what soul contracts are, and I'm super simplifying here um, for obvious reasons, which will be revealed as I talk about it more. Um, other people see soul contracts as being this thing that happened in between lives. So I think you kind of have to believe in some notion of reincarnation where the soul and the soul personality remain somewhat intact, individual intelligences passing from one lifetime to the next and also experiencing dimensions in between them. And so there is this idea with soul contracts that we sit down before we incarnate in this lifetime uh, we get together with our guides and you know the powers that be up there and whatever angels are in charge and you know I don't know what's in your record your Akashic record might have some influence and what um, part of the galaxy you're from uh, you know all these different things like soul origin and um the story is that you, uh, just like you're accepting a mission or a um, a contracted job position to go into like a war zone, I always picture this as being kind of like someone who's a security contractor, you know, like going into Afghanistan for a period of time or whatever. Um, you could see it like that. There's this concept that like... I'm going to create this set of circumstances and I'm going to agree to go through certain lessons and challenges in order to grow and work on certain areas that my soul needs to develop um, before sort of moving on and ascending to another plane. And so there's varying degrees of how much detail is involved in that. Some people believe that Every little thing is written out in your contract before you come into this lifetime. That's the part where I start to diverge a little bit. Others probably see it as being a little bit more general. Like you have certain life areas or themes that you are here to work on. So there's a big spectrum of what all that can mean. And I know people who know more about this than me. And maybe at some point... um, We'll have them on and and they can uh, talk about it in a little bit more detail from their perspective. Um, I actually know a lot of people both inside my mentoring community and in other communities who do work with soul contracts as as part of their practice. And um, I know a lot about the resources for that work and where to go and who you can talk to to get it. Um, I do know people I can put you in touch with if you'd like to have readings around your soul contract. If you want to really deep dive on soul contracts, um, there is an audience and there are a lot of practitioners out there for that. So I don't really see it that way. Um, now, I things like spirit guides, and those can't be proven any more than a soul contract can be proven, right? Um, I think it's a little bit of a fairy tale to imagine that I'm sitting on a cloud in the bardo 
before incarnating and I'm like choosing from the menu of like shitty stuff to deal with in this lifetime. Um, I think it's probably a little bit more like a video game where you know you're going into danger and you know what kind of um, forms the dangers can take and you learn as you go and you're kind of just, you know, on the job training is probably a little bit more how I imagine this all going down. So um, I do talk about spiritual new age concepts that can't be proven but with something like for instance I believe that I have guides that communicate with me I believe that there is some kind of channel of collective information that I can tap into just like we can log on to the web or turn on a radio station and I can dip in and retrieve bits and pieces of that right that's what I do uh, for clients and the thing is, is like I can't really prove that that's there, and I'm not trying to, um, but I can implement the advice and the information that I get and see the results of that information in my actual world. And you know what? If somebody wants to come along in a really clinical context and say, well, you're just tapping into some part of your own creativity or you're tapping into a part of the brain um, that allows you to think intuitively versus logically um there could be a really um third dimensional real world psychological explanation for all that and i'm okay with that like it's kind of not as fun right um soul contracts are probably fun for some people some people like that story it's it's juicy it's a a cool th um thought experiment to explore right so um just understand that I am very aware of the fact that there's some stuff I believe in that's really out there, but even the stuff that I believe in that's really out there, I have some basis for testing it here in the real world. And so all I really care about is I have an answer to a question and it produces good results for me. Therefore, I will go back to that source again. And I may have a very... uh childish elaborate magical explanation for what I think that source is and on some level it's what I'm telling myself because it's the easiest way for me to wrap my brain around it or sometimes it's just more I don't know it makes me feel happier to think about it um, in those archetypal terms or whatever so I'm uh, you know I go in deep in some areas and in others I'm like, nope, that's fluff, that's bullshit. So I get it. Uh, I am all over the map. And you probably are too when it really comes right down to it. So um, I am not judging anyone else in ways that I don't sort of acknowledge about myself. But here's the part where I'm going to piss some people off. I don't believe in fate. I don't believe in soul contracts and predestination. I don't believe in a supreme being that micromanages our actions uh, or our thoughts for that matter. I don't believe we choose our hardships from a menu of bad selections while, you know, sitting on that cloud in the bardo between lifetimes. I just don't believe that that is a story that I need to tell myself. I get the question why a lot in readings. I've been getting it for years, uh, and I've had a lot of time to bring those messages through for other people and really to practice how best to deal with the feelings of why. And when I say why, I mean like, why did this happen to me? A lot of times people's readings are, 
why did this horrible thing happen to me? Is there a soul contract? Is there some kind of karma? Is there a reason why I'm experiencing this horrible thing? Why? Why did this person choose me as a target and victimize me? At the end of the day, I don't believe asking why something happened ever gets you to the answers that you really need. So there's some better questions that you can ask. Instead of asking, why does this happen to me? Ask, what can I learn from this? What am I going to do with this? What can I make out of it? Shit happens. Random shit happens to good people. Now, when you make bad choices and you stray from the path and purpose that you know in your heart you should be on, then yeah, I think you do increase the chances of bad shit happening to you. But I don't even think that that's necessarily, I definitely don't think that that's soul contracted. I don't even think it's necessarily karma. Sometimes I think that that is self-sabotage more than anything. Yes, we can absolutely choose to do some stuff that we know is not in alignment with our higher self. And we're watching ourselves from outside our own body go through those motions. And and we know that we're being self-destructive. And we have to go through it for some reason to get to something. Sometimes we have to blow shit up in order to just get it out of our way or to force ourselves to, to move forward. Um, we have all kinds of crazy... Um, reactive ways that we deal with things that aren't proactive and aren't productive. And, but you know what? It, it's, it's what's happening and, and we do it. And I don't think that that's because we chose um, 49 and a half years ago that on you know Friday, September 7th, I'd be feeling really dissatisfied with my sense of duty and the fact that my vacation's over. You know, I mean, like... I don't believe that there's some big record in the sky where all that is written. Now, I'm creating it in this moment. I'm experiencing some of those things. And they may be attached to themes and choices and behaviors from the past. And hopefully, if it's things that I've repeated, I've started to catch on to what my patterns are and adjusting accordingly to make it a little bit easier the next time something comes around. But I do think sometimes just random stuff happens, you know? It really does. You've chosen to incarnate into this really dangerous environment. This video game has stuff in it that explodes. And until you learn how to play, you get blown up a few times. But none of this is to say that I don't believe that we're here for a reason, or that we don't have a purpose, or that this isn't some profound spiritual experience. Maybe we do come in with general themes, not specific jobs to accomplish necessarily. Maybe we come in with a weakness and some aspect of our being, and we attract life lessons that allow us to master those issues. Maybe we choose them subconsciously to subvert ourselves. Maybe the issues get assigned through the process of just living and being here. There's a myriad of components, family members, society, culture, time period. There's all kinds of incidental random circumstances and they're all combining and crashing and merging with who you are at your soul level. But why does it have to be prescripted? 
If you think it's prescripted, I want to know, does it make you feel better to think you came here with a list of challenges to deal with? Like, at 42, I'm going to have a bad mammogram. At 31, I'm going to test positive for HIV. You know, please don't say something like that to someone living with cancer or HIV. Do imagine what it sounds like if you do, because I think that that will give you a little bit of insight. Would you say that to someone else? It's awfully offensive. So if you wouldn't say it to someone else, then question why you might say some of those things to yourself. But I'm entirely okay with saying we chose to come participate in this big virtual reality free-for-all called the earth plane. And I'm okay with thinking or believing or telling stories about spiritual entities coming here to have a human experience and thinking of this as an earth school. Um, That all works with me philosophically. I don't think it's fact. I don't think we have any evidence of that. But it is a very useful perspective and it can be very positive and it can dictate the way that you move through the world uh, and increase your chances of, of having a spiritual meaningful experience. I think that we could just say yes knowing it's going to be dangerous and treacherous and painful and but also knowing that it could be joyful and exciting as well. I think that we could just say yes to the big ugly, messy mystery of it all and dive in. It's an adventure. I do believe, just to bottom line it, that we are here to learn how to transcend existential pain and to choose love. I really do. And if we didn't set that up beforehand, it's still the best way forward, right? Because even the most old school, Old Testament fundamentalist storytelling tells us that the thing that separates humankind from all the other entities swirling around our galactic center is our free will. Having something be contracted before your lifetime feels like a cop-out to me. It feels like the opposite of will. It feels like something that is comfortable to the part of you that identifies with being a victim. Listen. We are all victims at some points in our lives and will continue to be until we choose to transcend it. That's the only thing that really separates a victim from a victor. At some point, you got to put down that bag of rocks and learn how to throw them with precision. Turn your burdens into gifts, your pain into tools. The ingredients of a meaningful life are the same as a pointless one. It all gets shifted with perspective, gratitude, and an exercise of your free will. I'm much more comfortable accepting that some shit is random and some of the shit we bring on ourselves through the choices we make, or a combination of all the above. In fiction storytelling, drama and empathy are created in the audience by giving our characters a set of best bad choices to make. Best bad choices. At our very, very best, we're just doing our best and maybe writing that contract on the fly, making it up as we go. Even the best of us. Now we have good intentions. And we have free will. And we have the choice to make something meaningful 
out of what is happening to us. Why it happened? That's a shit show. What you need to survive this world is not knowledge of your soul contract, but really courage. Thanks again for listening to the Shift Your Spirits podcast. For show notes, links, transcripts, and all the past episodes, please visit shiftyourspirits.com. You can subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or whatever app you use to access podcasts. If you'd like to get an intuitive reading with me or download a free ebook and meditation to help you connect with your guides, please go to sladeroberson.com. And if you're interested in my professional intuitive training program, you can start the course for free by downloading the attunement at automaticintuition.com. Before I go, I promise to leave you a message and answer to a question or a concern you may have. So take a moment to think about that. Hold it in your mind or speak it out loud. I'll pause for just a few seconds right now. You don't have to have everything figured out. You don't have to decide everything today. You can move forward without knowing all the details of what may or may not happen. And I'll talk to you later.